Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Trucker Podcast. Current events, local world news, and what's trending. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So come on out here and join me. Here I am, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for that. Especially appreciated. Well, how's everybody doing out here? This fine Tuesday. Here in January, almost the middle of the month. Welcome to the show. Again, I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, I know I was supposed to hold a show yesterday at 9 p.m., but then my Wi-Fi was all acting up and everything just became a mess. So I set it back out here for 8 p.m., and here it is, almost 8.20 finally getting this show going and it was probably best that uh you know i get this show out tonight because today was when the ontario government was going to talk about what um, they were going to do. So, new stay-at-home orders for the province of Ontario, Canada. Scroll down here, I want to see what Mr. Dougie Ford, our premier, has to say about this one. It's like, you know, back in the back in the spring, um, when um, the Ontario government issued the, the state of emergency back, I think it was March the 17th of, of 2019. So yeah, this is Ontario's issue stay at home order immediately declare second state of emergency. So let's see what Dougie Ford has to say tonight or today or whatever he said this. The Ontario government has issued a stay at home order for the province beginning January the 14th and has immediately declared a second state of emergency. Premier Doug Ford announced on Tuesday at Queen's Park, that's in Toronto, 
the new stay-at-home order, which will go into effect at 12.00 a.m. on Thursday, which will require everyone to remain at home with the exception of essential purposes, such as going to the grocery store, pharmacy, access, uh, assessing health care services, exercising, or essential work. The stay-at-home order will remain in effect for at least 28 days. So we're already in a shutdown. That was to come off on the 23rd. So that's not happening. Unless an outing is considered essential, Ontario residents are being ordered to stay home at all hours. Under the declaration of a provincial emergency, the government is allowing all enforcement and provincial offense officers, including the Ontario Provincial Police, local police forces, bylaw officers, and provincial workplace inspectors to issue tickets to those who do not comply with the stay-home order. Ontarians caught violating the stay-home order could face a fine and prosecution under the Reopening Ontario Act and the Emergency Management and Civil Emergency Management. Now we'll talk about the penalties. Penalties for breaking the stay-at-home order could include up to a year in jail, according to the Solicitor General. Just let me be clear. If people are found not complying with these orders, they will be subject to fines and prosecution. We are taking the current situation very seriously, and we ask that all Ontarians do the same. Well, you know there's going to be defiance. You know people are going to probably have an anti-march. They'll probably do that starting it takes effect on Thursday. People will probably be go and do that. They'll probably have, have an anti-march and anti-rally. Mm. As part of the new restrictions, non-essential employee, employees who are currently working in person will require to work from home. That's if that workplace permits that. Schools staying closed in hot spots until February the 10th. Schools in Toronto, York Region, Hamilton, Peel Region, and Windsor Essex will also not return to in person learning until February the 10th. Doesn't say anything about London, Ontario here. Probably going to get that to in a moment. The government said by January the 20th, the Chief Medical Officer of Dr. Health of Dr. David Williams will advise the Ministry of Education on which regions will be permitted to resume in-person instructions based on the most update data and modeling. Schools in Northern Ontario will remain open to in-person learning. Students as young as grade one will now be required to wear masks when attending in-class learning. They were doing that already. 
part of the new rules, all non-essential retail stores, including hardware stores, alcohol retailers, and those offering curbside pickup or delivery must open no earlier than 7 a.m. and close no later than 8 p.m. The restricted hours of operation do not apply to stores that primarily sell food. Pharmacies, gas stations, convenience stores, and restaurants are takeout or delivery. Outdoor organized public gatherings and social gatherings are further restricted to a limit of five people. So all you people out there that you're going to think you're going to anti-march this. Only five people in a gathering outside. Non-essential construction is also further restricted, including below-grade construction. Ontario, Ontarians with secondary properties are being asked to avoid visiting them unless the trip is considered necessary. Emergency maintenance of the property would be deemed essential, the government said. When we have a stay-at-home order, that's pretty serious. Last week, I stood here and I told you our province is in a crisis. The facts are clear. Cases and deaths are the highest since the start of the pandemic, and the community spread continues to escalate. Premier Ford said he knows everyone wants to return to normal, but stressed the healthcare system is on the brink of collapse. I know the actions we've announced today are difficult, but they're absolutely necessary. Ford announced the restriction shortly after the province released new projections that show COVID-19 is on track to overwhelm Ontario health care system. In the modeling data released late Tuesday morning, officials says they expect the daily COVID-19 mortality rate in the province to double from 50 deaths per day to about 100 deaths per day between mid-January and the end of February. The predictions represent an increase from the previous data released in December, which suggested that under the maximum likelihood estimate, Ontario would see a little under 50 deaths by the end of the month. Province confirmed 2,903 cases of the novel coronavirus today. After eight consecutive days of case numbers over 3,000, health officials logged 3,338 new infections on Monday and a record breaking number of 3,945 uh, on Sunday. While the province reported a drop in cases Tuesday with just over 40,000 COVID tests completed, the positivity, the positivity rate is at 7.8, is the highest in what it was, was in the previous high case. The province 
province seeing a seven-day average. The number of infections recorded is now 3,523, up from 2,646 one week ago. Now here are some quick facts about the Ontario stay-at-home order. When does it take effect? Again, it comes into effect at 12.01 a.m. this Thursday. Does it mean no one can leave their home? The province says it is allowing people to go out for essential purposes, such as shopping for groceries, going to the pharmacy, or exercise, as well as for for work for those who can't work from home, employer, employers must allow staff to work home if possible. People who live alone and single parents can also consider having exclusive close contact with one other household in an effort to offset the effects of isolation. What about children? Schools in five Southern Ontario hotspots will stay closed to in-person learning until February the 10th. So the previous, the province says that that could be extended further. Emergency child care for elementary students will continue to, for eligible families in regions with no in-person classes. As for children who aren't of school age, daycares and child care centers will remain open. Will the order be enforced? The government says one of the key changes included in Tuesday's announcements is that it allows provincial offenses, officers, and other law enforcement to issue tickets to those who breach the order and disperse crowds larger than five people. If they're not part of the same household, Will the enforcement officers know who is out for legitimate reasons and who isn't? The province hasn't specified how officers will check why people are outside their homes, but said that people will have to, will have a duty to identify themselves when a police officer has a reasonable and probable grounds that there has been a breach of the orders made under the emergency management and Civil Protections Act. How is there a difference from a curfew, which the province said it wouldn't impose? Or said that, excuse me, Premier Ford said that unlike a curfew, people will still be allowed to go outside regardless of the time for essential purposes, including if they need to walk their dog, or walk around the block for exercise. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty much sums it up from what it used to be like it was back in last spring when we had this order. Now, people are still going to travel. People are still going to do non-essential travel. They're going to go away. How do you stop that? How do you stop someone driving to the airport? 
We know they're going to do it, and they're doing it. There's no law saying we can't leave the country. There's no law saying that whatsoever. And people are going to do it anyway. You know, from the health from the London Health Science Center here, um, the C the CEO from that, um, he traveled to the United States several times over the Christmas break and before the Christmas break, he has now been fired. So you know, the type of person in that position, you know, even government people who who took off. On vacation. You know, another doctor, I think, is in the Hamilton area. He did the same thing. But preaching, follow the rules. Stay home, don't travel, don't do this, don't do that. And these people just went ahead and did it anyways. As hypocritic as I see. What else is so exciting? What else is so exciting here in Canada and Ontario? This is just what's going on in the province of Ontario. This not does not reflect on the entire country, what I just talked about. Just so you know. Now this one here, we already know that, you know, this highly contagious COVID-19 variant might be circulating. We already know it is. We already know that it's circulating here in Canada. It's not that it might be, it is. And what soon could be yet one more grim development, Ontario officials are investigating whether a highly contagious mutated strain of COVID-19 virus could already be circulating in Canada. Ontario announced eight new cases of the so-called UK variant on Tuesday, bringing Canada's confirmed total to at least 22 cases have also been found in Alberta, British Columbia, and Quebec. Five of the eight new Ontario cases have been linked to recent travel to the United Kingdom. However, as of Tuesday, there was no known travel link in the three others. If that's confirmed, we have evidence of community transmission, and that is very serious concern that the vaccine will not be able to address quickly enough. Oh, we're not getting the vaccines out quick enough. The investigation is continuing. They encourage people to come clean about recent travel, even though they think they may, maybe that might get them into trouble. Of course it would not. She said, unless of course they lied. 
The Durham Regent couple that tested positive for the UK variant and reportedly been charged with public health related offenses after initially telling the public health officials they had no contact with travelers, travelers who, uh, which later proved to be false. But they haven't said they've been charged. They've, that's this, that part of the story where it says that um, that they've uh, that they've been charged with public health related offenses. That's been retracted. Not at this time. When asked if the three Ontario cases were connected to the Durham couple, a spokesperson for the Durham Regional Health Department said she couldn't comment because the investigation is still active. The variant known technically as B117 is believed at least 56% and possibly up to 74% more contagious than the current dominant strain. While it's not more lethal and approved vaccines are believed still effective against it, should the variant start souring COVID-19 in Canada, it could drive substantially higher case counts with confirmed cases doubling every 10 days in Ontario, down from 35 to 40 days according to the new modeling data, data. And we are doubling our numbers already. As case numbers grow, it will mean more hospitalizations, more people in intensive care, and more deaths. Unless people reduce their contacts. This is why we now have this stay at home order here in Ontario. Unless people reduce their contacts, deaths could exceed first wave totals. And while vulnerable groups are being prioritized for vaccines, it can take months to get 60 to 70 percent of the general population vaccinated to achieve herd immunity. Months. <clears throat> Prime Minister Trudeau says he would like to have the majority of Canadians vaccinated by September. At the rate we're going, probably well into 2020. The United, King, the United Kingdom variant plunged England into its third national lockdown earlier this month. Dozens of countries have recorded cases. A South African strain, of which there's one confirmed case in Canada so far, is also causing concern. Knowing our quarantine process isn't perfect, knowing people can beat quarantine. If you don't have an absolute perfect quarantine process, it's going to show up here, especially with how deep it has penetrated many different counties. So when we're talking about quarantining, those people who are infected, are they quarantining? The people coming back from their, from their dumbass vacations, are they following the quarantine rules? Are they actually staying home? Who watches this? Who's monitoring this? Not like they're sitting outside their house watching to see if they come out or not. Who knows? Who 
knows how Canada has taken care of that problem, I have no idea. The burden is still unclear in Canada. About 5% of positive COVID-19 samples are being genetically sequenced to look for mutations. United Kingdom strain has 17 key mutations that alter the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 virus to hide COVID users to enter human cells. It's here, we can assume it is here. Probably in small numbers like it was in the United Kingdom in September. But I think we're probably going to see this grumbling, the variant showing up more and more over the next few weeks and months. So that's a big topic here. This part of it here, the fast spreading mutant COVID-19 strain is a 2021 nightmare, says the researcher. A mutated COVID-19 virus capable of spreading more easily and quickly that has plunged England and Scotland into the the bleak of new additional lockdowns is is gaining a foothold in Canada. Will it do here what it has done in the United Kingdom and rapidly overtake the current circulating strain? Ontario on Monday confirmed three new cases of the super contagious viral variant officially known as B117, bringing the province's total to six cases, all tied to travel outside of the country. Three cases have been confirmed in Alberta, one in British Columbia, and Quebec. So, what's this gonna do? We have these new stay-home orders now here in Ontario. How that's gonna pan out for the next 28 days, it's hard to say. People are gonna be out and about. There's still gonna be lots of people out about. Everybody's gotta to go to the grocery store. Everybody's gotta to go to the drugstore. You know, little coffee shops are going to be open. You know, people are going to be making the coffee shop. Because it can open up as early as 7 a.m., close at 8 p.m. I don't think the, the coffee shops are going to be closed. Highly unlikely. So people are just going to be making runs to the closest coffee shop and say they're going grocery shopping. Don't have to prove it. You have to show them your grocery list. You know, pull into the nearest grocery store. You're probably going to have to stand in line now. 
Hey, how you doing, Laura? Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, I was just, I was just going over. Um, uh, where the heck did it go now? looking for oh okay um yeah so here in ontario our our premier of ontario today see i was gonna hope come on last night and and, and do and do this because you know kind of give an insight about what might happen but i'm glad i waited till tonight you know, because now we hear exactly what the Premier of Ontario is going to do. And this is, they have issued a stay at home order, immediately declares a second state of an emergency due to COVID-19. So just a little insight. He just came on the show. Um, let's see. Under the declaration of the of, of the provincial emergency, the government is allowing all enforcement and provincial offense officers, and including the Ontario Provincial Police, the local police, bylaw officers, and provincial workplace inspectors to issue tickets to those who do not comply with the stakeholder. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Anybody here in Ontario, Canada, caught violating this stay-at-home order could face a fine and prose uh, prosecution under the Reopening Ontario Act in the, and the Emergency Man uh, Management and Civil Emergency Management. Penalties for breaking the stay-at-home order can could include up to one year in jail. So this means any place of business, I mean, we're, we're in a lockdown now. So um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. You know, um, we're in a lockdown now, which was to go until January the 23rd. But this new um, um, emergency order um, declared is for 28 days, starting Thursday. So this lockdown is continuing. So whatever Thursday, so whatever Thursday's date is. I think that's what the um, 16th, I think, or 28 days. So now when they talk about the schools here, um, the schools staying closed in all the hot spots. Now, you know, all the hot spots in, in Toronto, the city of Toronto, they went on a lockdown before, you know, the rest of the province did. And only to have theirs extended, right? <laughs> uh, 
Now you never know when you get on podcasts, right? So, but when it comes when it comes to you know the hotspots, Toronto, the city of Toronto, the Peel regions that surround that city, um, has always been a hotspot. Even and when they went in lockdown before the rest of the province did, their cases kept going up. So those schools are going to be remain closed in those areas. So potentially, here in the city of London where I live, schools um, could open up still on the 25th of this month. So we'll have to see what happens here in the city of London. Now, part of this non-essential, um, so as part of the new rules, all non-essential retail stores, including hardware stores, alcohol retailers, and those offering curbside pickup or delivery must open no earlier than 7 a.m. and close no later than 8 p.m. And the restricted hours of operations do not apply to stores that primarily sell foods. Pharmacies, gas stations, convenience stores, and restaurants for takeout and delivery. So they can just stay open. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I heard that. Yeah, I've never heard. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, so with these restricted rules now, um, oh, and the outdoor, the outdoor organized public gatherings and social gatherings are further restricted to a limit of five people. So anybody who thinks they're going to protest, can only do it in a group of five and you got to be six feet apart but the other problem is you have to be out for an essential purpose and protesting isn't an essential purpose purpose but it's not illegal neither so they may have a problem with that you can protest Anybody has the right to protest as long as it is done without any BS. I, I've never heard of that. What's up with foregoing all your debt but can't own anything ever again in Canada? I've never heard of that. I mean, people go bankrupt, you know, and then when you're out of bankruptcy, you know, you can get credit again. So I never, never, maybe, Maybe not all the debt, maybe for, for, you know, maybe for giving it up to, you know, 
50% or something like that. But, you know, bankruptcy would clear it all, but you can still own, you still be able to own things. So I've never heard, I've never heard of that. Where'd you read that? Did you read that somewhere? I've never, I've never heard of it. So yeah, these new restrictions here is pretty much like it was back last March when these emergency, the state of emergency was declared last March. March, this is pretty much, pretty much the same. Um, yeah, I have never, I have never ever heard anything that yeah, I have never. I have never heard anything like that um, here in Canada ever. Yeah. Yeah, I, that would, you know, that would be just, that would be absolutely impossible. You know, because, um, You know, people, I mean, we're allowed to buy whatever we want pretty much, right? You know, so yeah, no, I've never, I would have to do some research on that because I've, I've honestly, I have never heard of that. So, um, is it, um, is it more on the, on the line of, um, um, debt forgiveness. Uh, yeah, because I've never, honestly, I've never heard of anything. I've never heard anything like that. Um, let's see. Now we have like that forgiveness programs here in Canada. Um, Canadian debt relief, debt solutions, definitely Ontario lower payments. It doesn't, you know, there's personal bankruptcy. Um, what is that? Debt forgiveness. Um, what is debt for, uh, forgiveness in Canada? There are only three reliable debt forgiveness programs in Canada that provide some form of payment forgiveness. 
a debt management plan is technically not a debt forgiveness program, but it's a, it's a repayment plan. It does not provide interest relief, but you must repay the full amounts of the principal owing. Um, just the just the programs that we have, you know, it doesn't mean that you'd never be able to own anything again. These are just programs how to um, just how to help you get out of debt. Yeah, I haven't heard anything, um, anything like that. So, I mean, for 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 debt forgiveness, and then. Um, Yeah, I don't think I don't even think still that that um, um, that you won't be able to own anything again. I don't I don't think that would I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, and that would only um, and we have we have the federal level, we have the provincial levels of um, that forgiveness. Um, but I can't even see them implementing anything of that nature, of not allowing anybody to owe or to own anything again. Um, yeah, I can't see that. I can't see that happening. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I have, you know what? That'd make good. That'd make for a good show because um, um, something that I would have to research on. Just a second here. Jeez, I must be, I must be missing a whole lot here in Canada, um, because um, um, yeah, you're really throwing me off guard here. <laughs> because I've never, uh, I mean, that would be just that would just be headline news right across Canada. You know, I mean, that would just rule out what our premier said today about the, the, the measures that Ontario has taken on this COVID-19. But um, I've never seen, um, no, let's see, what's this one here? No. No, I'm looking at the, at the, at the Canada website here. Nothing mentioned about that. What did that happen? When did that happen today? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen anything. 
I've never heard anything on the radio about that, about these marches down there. It was a while ago, at least a year. Oh gosh, man, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know. You know, a year ago, I mean, sometimes I can't even remember yesterday. So, oh, here's another little new art, art, article. And this is gonna continue, and this is gonna continue for a while. The Canada in the United States border um, is to remain closed until at least February the 21st. So that's about a year now that the, uh, the borders between Canada and the United States have been closed. And that's going to con uh, continue well into 2021 and maybe beyond. So that, um, I wasn't expecting anything different there to change between the, between the two borders, that it was gonna be remaining closed. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's all you gotta do is just close the borders between Canada and Mexico. You know, we close the borders between Canada and the United States so Americans can't come over. <laughs> Just kidding. We can't go. We can't see. We can't drive across the border. But we can fly. Because there's no restrictions in the United States. Just the land border, you cannot cross. Laura left and came back on. So yeah, there's no restrictions from us flying to the United States, no restrictions from flying down to Florida or Phoenix, Arizona or California. We just can't drive across the land borders. So that's the way that goes. But uh, oh, another thing here, and I mentioned this on one of my other shows too about um, um, Canadians, um, whether they're flying to the United States, other parts of the world, um, what was happening upon their return, um, even though you came back, you still had to self-isolate for 14 days. And people who were traveling for non-essential purposes were collecting the sick benefit of $500 a week for two weeks. Well, the government, the federal government of Canada has put a stop to that, of collecting the $500 sick pay for two weeks of your isolation. You still have to self-isolate for 14 days. The other rule of coming back into Canada is that you have to have a COVID-19 test done 72 hours prior to your flight. And you must test negative to get on that flight. You have to have proof of documentation, whether it's electronic or the paper form. And when you do come back into Canada, you still have to self-isolate for 14 days.
So there's a lot of things that's, you know, going on, you know, with the, the rules and guidelines of, um, you know, coming into, coming into Canada and what the rules are. Now we've also had, um, um, CEOs, one of the, uh, uh, top hospital here in London. Um, he traveled back and forth before Christmas and at Christmas, probably about seven, eight times. He's the C. He's the CEO of the London, of, of of the big hospital here in London. One of the big hospitals here in London. And he, and and he's also a doctor. And you know he always advises staff. You know, don't do any essential travel. Don't do any of these things. You know, follow the rules. And here he was breaking the rules not really breaking them because there was no law saying you couldn't go anywhere. But why would you go against whatever thing you say? You know? Um, no, because they have, they have um, the, the customs border on one side and like custom border officers on one side and Canadian officers on the other side so you can't walk across the border. So, you know, unless you found a desolate place to cross. But, um, yeah, no, you can't even do that. So this, C, this CEO of Canada was fired from his job. Well, there's really no middle of the woods. That's funny. That's funny. That's so funny. There's really no middle of the woods. You know, there's no fence. You know, you probably know that Canada and the United States border is the largest undefended border in the world. You know, so yeah, there's there's been a couple of um, um, top doctors. Um, that work in hospitals here in Ontario who have been fired from their jobs um, for um, traveling for non-essential travel. You know, of course, they get their big payouts. You know, their you know their contracts have to all be paid out and stuff like that. So <clears throat> you can't be a hypocrite and then go and. Um, do non-essential travel when you're telling your staff not to do it. So I think there's so far there's been about three three CEOs that have lost their jobs. Other people who work in government um, resigned from their posts. You know, so Non-essential travel is just not good right now, you know, in this new variant of this COVID-19 that is also here in Canada, and it's probably in the United States. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and our numbers in Canada has, has surpassed, that has got to be about 650,000 cases now here in Canada. You know, I think pushing 17,000 deaths, you know. So at one time, it looked good. 
back in the summertime. Um, but these vaccines rolling out, um, provincial governments are hollering that they're not getting the doses fast enough. Well, shipping takes time, right? The whole process takes time. We're not all going to be vaccinated tomorrow. It'd be nice if that could happen, but that's just virtually impossible. Our prime minister wants us to be the majority of Canadians to be vaccinated by September. But I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll be later than that. It'll probably be well into the fall of 2021 before majority of the Canadians are vaccinated. So, I don't know. I ask people, I do, on my shows, I ask people, please just follow the rules. You know, it's going to keep you out of hot water. And hopefully, it'll start flattening the curve. I don't know. These lockdowns, I haven't seen them working, especially with the city of Toronto and Hamilton and the Peel regions that surround the city of Toronto. Those cases, you know, with all the new cases that we get here in Ontario, the majority of those cases come from the city of Toronto, the Peel region, York region, Hamilton region, all from those regions, all just a couple of hours from where I live. And those numbers are half or more just in those regions alone. Ontario is the largest province of 14 million people out of a population of 37 million in the entire country. But our case count is climbing at a staggering pace. Yes, I'm getting it. I am. I'm reading it here. I am getting it. So, um, anyways, yeah, I will be getting that vaccine, absolutely. Um, my parents who are elder, um, Obviously, they're going to be getting the vaccine, but definitely, yes, I'm going to be doing it for sure when that comes about. And that's probably going to be late spring, um, you know, before um, just the average Canadian here in, in this province will be getting the vaccine. So what does late spring mean? I don't know could be late May, early June, potentially. So, but yeah, but this, yeah, with this new measures coming out here in Ontario, um, the state of emergency being de uh, declared and the restrictions added to already 
the restrictions that we are under right now here in Ontario, Canada. Um, we'll see if it works. I can be optimistic. I don't know. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it does. We need to get people back to work. That's what we need. See what happens. See what any changes in the next couple weeks. See if the case counts keep going up or the case counts are going to come down. You know, oh, we have, um, I think, um, Well, you know, that's, that, that's a good question. Um, how far do you think the government will go before people up, uh, up there just finally just say, screw it? Um, you know, we're not, we're not in a curfew, you know, so um, this is probably about as far as they can go. You know, because um, in the Constitution, you can't completely stop movement of people. So this is far, like just short of a curfew. Yeah, this is for, this is about as far as they can go with this. This would be about it. So, yeah. Yeah, see, the province of Quebec, um, they're doing a curfew um, that just started over the weekend. And um, it's a $1,500 fine if you're out past 8 p.m. Um, for no apparent reason, you know, unless you're an essential worker. Um, you know, you can walk your dog, you know, around the block. You can be out in your backyard, but you can't be out on any public streets. If it's not essential in all businesses, grocery stores, all that stuff, they all close at 8 p.m. Well, you know what? Even people who work in the government aren't following it. You know, they're not. So that's why, you know, some of them resigned, some of them were fired. You know, um, but with the curfew in, in Quebec, a story that I read today, there was a couple, a uh, husband and wife, they were fined for breaking the curfew. $1,500. And they said they were, they were, um, they said that they were walking the dog. But the story is, they weren't walking the dog. 
the wife was walking the husband. The husband was wearing the leash. True story. Absolutely true story. And then on Facebook, I, I posted that on Facebook. And I said, I'm glad I'm not married only to be on a leash. So that's what happened. True story. The wife was walking the husband. So they got fined for being out over out over the curfew. That was in the, the province of, of Quebec. Well, you know what? That's that's up for them to uh, dispute that in the courts, right? So see what happens. But I mean, you can't walk your husband. You know, you can't put the leash around your husband and walk him down the street. You know, under curfew. So, I mean, if you want to put your husband on a leash and walk him down the street any other time, go ahead. You know, but uh, don't do it when there's a curfew. So I laughed like hell when I read that story and I just couldn't believe it. it was too funny. Too funny. The wife walking the husband. Stuff that people do, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's basically what it was, right? You know, they were defiant, you know, they wanted to make a statement and fine, you know, make your statement, whatever, but you know, it's a $1,500 fine. You know, the premier here in Ontario said that there isn't going to be any, there's not going to be any curfews, but the restrictions that are on us now, um, like you asked, um, this is, this is probably as far as they can go. Um, with the stay home orders. So anybody who's not an essential worker or you're not going out for anything that is essential, you know, like I said, you can exercise, you know, you can go for walks, you can go for jogs, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. But if you're jogging, just make sure that you know, it's not a package off of somebody's porch. Right? So if you're carrying anything, just make sure it belongs to you. So the other day, uh, what day was it? Saturday, I think it was. Somebody, they I mean, the nerve of people, first of all, to, to go on your property to go on your on your front porch and take a parcel off your porch. I mean, that's just pretty bold. So this one individual drove into the driveway, jumped out of the car, ran up on the porch and grabbed the parcel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, porch pirates. So jumped out of the car and ran up on the porch. The homeowner opened the door, 
and yelled at him. He ran, and his his wife is videotaping this. He jumps in the car, and I can't even make this up. He reverses out of the driveway into a snowbank, and he gets stuck. He can't push the car out. He can't drive it out of the snowbank. And that's how he got caught. That's pretty funny. No, the police showed up and arrested him. You know, I mean, there was no point. There was no point of running away and leaving your car there. You know, because the license plate is going to come back to you. So, yeah, he had no choice but to stay there till the till the uh, until the police came. So that's what happens. You know, that's what happens when you get in a hurry. You know trying to get out of somewhere quick and you end up having a, you know, hitting something or hitting someone or getting stuck in a snowbank. So that's how he got caught. So yeah, that was, uh, that was another, they had, they also had, they also had that up on, um, on Facebook too. They posted the video on Facebook and that too. So I don't that was, I thought that was pretty funny. So he gets caught, stuck in a snowbank with the package in his car. Yeah, see, we're see, we're too, we're just we're just nice and, and polite here in here in Canada. You probably you probably heard that saying before. That's um. We're always saying sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Sorry. Please and thank you. You know, I'm sure they, you know, they maybe felt like doing that, but, you know, if, if the perpetrator is going to get caught, you know, what's the point, right? Putting yourself in the potential of being charged with assault, right? They're gonna get caught and then, you know, they're gonna get charged. So that's why it's important to, if you have somebody, if you have a good neighbor who's gonna be home, let them know you have a parcel coming if you're not gonna be home. And they can get it for you before the porch pirates do. You know, because there's, yeah, I mean, right now, obviously, there's a whole lot of, of online shopping. You know, so, you know, even with this lockdown, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, no, that's all, that's all good. I mean, I can see it, you know, other people on here can see it, and, um, um, that's fine. You know, don't worry about that. So, you're not being, you're not being rude to, to other guests on the show or anything like that. So, you know, that's fine. 
but um, yeah, um, to get the, the the full details about um, what I just talked about tonight, um, about these um, additional measures added to the lockdown here in Ontario, um, I will be putting this show up um, when I'm done, and you'll be able to hear the full details about these new restrictions. And of course, other stuff that we're talking about. So, anyways, it is time for me to go. So, just wanted to get the thank yous out there um, to all of our essential workers and our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics in our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. A nice round of applause for them. And thank you to my guests, my listeners, and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Trucker's Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a good night, everybody. Be safe out there, and thank you.